Welcome to the Sustainability Made Easier Interviews podcast. Join authors, researchers, and innovators as they share how they are making sustainable practices accessible to new audiences and making a difference for our planet. I'm your host, Jesse. Municipalities around the country are adding staff who work with local businesses and residents to help them reduce their negative impact on the environment. Our guest today is a Residential Energy Program Manager for Montgomery County, Maryland. It is her job to give people tips and tricks to help lower their utility costs, keep money in their pockets, and lower the community's greenhouse gas emissions. Montgomery County has ambitious goals of 80% greenhouse gas emission reductions by 2027 and 100% by 2035. Our guest today is Larissa Johnson. Welcome to the show, Larissa. Hi there. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. Before we begin talking about your work for Montgomery County, do you have a book about environmental issues that has impacted your life that you like to recommend? Oh my goodness, so many books. I would have to say definitely Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. She actually was a Montgomery County resident, so that is another reason why I love the book. But I think that that really opened up my eyes to the impact that environment had on everything that we do. And if you have not read it, I highly recommend reading that book because it's super important. And I think it was like the catalyst for a lot of what happened in the 70s around the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act. That's one of my favorite, favorite books. Thank you so much for recommending that. Paco Oyervides was on the other day, and he also mentioned that as being inspirational, and I know that it has been for several people. I have picked it up a few times and I've not made it through, but that was when I was much younger, so I definitely need to go back and revisit that. So thanks for recommending that. Yeah, and I highly recommend, the best way that I like to listen to nonfiction books is by getting them on audio tape or on any of those audio formats that are out there. And then I go for walks in the park near my home. I live right near a lake. And so I just walk around there and I listen to the books. Uh, yeah, so I recommend that if you don't have time or don't like to read nonfiction books. I do not enjoy that myself, so I like to listen to them read it to me. That's awesome. I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, and that is a great recommendation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with Montgomery County? Sure. I have actually been in this position since 2016. I'm the Residential Energy Program Manager, and what that means is that my job is to educate residents about ways for them to lower their utility costs and, most importantly, keep money in their pocket because there are so many programs that are available here in the state of Maryland that residents don't know about. So really, my job is to make sure they know about these programs so that they can take advantage of them and so that, as you said at the beginning of the show, so that as a county, we can help reduce our greenhouse gas emissions 80% by 2027 and 100% by 2035. The only way we can do that is by every single person taking actions every single day to help lower their utility costs. So that's the gist of what I do. I also tell folks how to switch to renewable energy sources. So we have a solar co-op here in Montgomery County, and that's another thing that we promote pretty heavily. 
Great. And that's a great segue to my next question. I was hoping you could elaborate on your renewable energy solar co-ops because they're pretty cool. Of course. Yeah. So what the solar co-op is, is I like to actually refer to it as a solar FAUX, so F-A-U-X op, because usually with co-ops, everyone comes together and they purchase something as a group. So like cooperative markets, everyone who works at that market owns part of that market. But with solar co-ops, what happens is that the group of residents come together and they work collectively to determine which installer they're going to work with. And then they each individually work with that installer to have solar panels put on their home or on their property. And so that's why it's not a true co-op because they don't own all of the panels collectively. Each individual resident owns their own panels. And so for the last four years, we have been partnering with an organization called Solar United Neighbors. And Solar United Neighbors, we are again lucky enough in Montgomery County to be right next door to where it all started out. And it actually was created in D.C. and by a woman named Anya Schoolman. Her son had watched An Inconvenient Truth a few years ago. Gosh, it's got to be like 15 years ago now. And he came home and he said, Mom, I want to put solar panels on our roof. And so she said, okay, if you can get 10 more neighbors to also want to go solar, then I'll look into it just because the process at that time was so cumbersome. So she didn't want to have to do it all by herself. He did get 10 neighbors to participate as well. And so that's how Solar United Neighbors was born. And so as a direct result, they are a nonprofit that helps residents go solar. And they're the ones that we partner with to help talk about the entire process. So they're really like the experts when it comes to what are the ins and outs of putting solar panels on your home. And so what we do is we help them find groups to talk to. And when we were able to meet in person, we would schedule the events at different locations around the county. And so right now what we're doing is we are helping them create all of the Zoom webinars that are being led about this, all the info sessions. And so we help them schedule those and we promote them. And then as a result, the residents who participate in the solar co-op are able to get their solar panels at a extremely reduced cost because they're buying them like a bulk purchase. So another way to think about it is like going to Costco or BJ's for your solar panels. So when a whole bunch of people go at once, it's a lot less expensive than if you try to go by yourself. That's such an amazing program. And I know that that cost barrier is still something that's preventing a lot of people from getting solar panels. And so this is such a fabulous workaround. I know that you're working in Montgomery County in Maryland, and you said this program was started in D.C. Do you know how widespread it currently is in the U.S.? Yep, of course I do. So Solar United Neighbors is in D.C. and Maryland. They're also in Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. So they started here in our little neighborhood, and then they branched out. I think actually Colorado was the second state that they went to after Maryland, which is pretty far away from Maryland and D.C. Yeah, so they've been working with that many different states to help them install solar panels on their homes, and they help with the entire process. I'm talking about they can look at your house, you know, using GPS satellite images, and they can determine if your home can even qualify for solar panels. And then once they do that, then you go through the process of talking to the installer, the installer comes to your home, and then you get all the pricing and all of that. But they are phenomenal. I mean, like they know everything about going solar, and they're in so many different states. And I have to brag, though, because in Montgomery County, we are actually, we've had the largest solar co-ops in the entire country so far. 
far with this organization, of course. So we've had over 150 people that have joined our solar co-op at one time. And then of that, about half of them actually install the solar panels on their roofs. That's great. Congratulations on that. So moving kind of into that, the role of the residents of Montgomery County. So Montgomery County has this really ambitious plan for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So how are you all working to achieve those goals? Oh my goodness, so many different ways. So as the county as a whole, we actually have a climate working groups that we are trying to get residents to participate in. And so over the course of about a year, we had a whole bunch of work group meetings and the residents came up with about 850 different projects that we could be doing as a county. Now we're trying to narrow that down and figure out what the top ideas are going to be for us to implement as a county. But 850 amazing ideas from residents. And so residents have been participating in that process. And then as far as my part goes as a residential energy program manager, my job is really to talk about conserving energy and then switching to energy efficiency wherever possible. And so that's really what I focus on. And I do that by doing in-person presentations when we're allowed to. I have partnered with every single organization and business that you could possibly think of in Montgomery County. I've worked with the libraries. I work with the senior centers. I work with recreation centers and congregations of all different denominations. I've even partnered with breweries and our alcohol beverage services, which is actually run by the county. So I've partnered with our liquor stores, essentially, and I've partnered with restaurants. Basically, anywhere people are, I try to go there to get people information about how to lower their energy costs. That's fabulous. And we have a whole nother podcast episode that's going to be coming where we're going to be focusing just on that. So I'm super excited for when that time comes. So what are some of those 850 ideas that residents came up with? So there are a whole bunch, of course, like I mentioned. And if anyone is interested, of course, I want to let you know where you can find that information on our website because it's pretty easy to find. But like I said, we have a lot of information. So it's MontgomeryCountyMD.gov. And then you can backslash green and then backslash climate. Yeah, there's so many different recommendations. We have information about housing, about transportation, about solar panels, about sequestration, about climate change through education and public engagement. Oh my goodness, so many different things. Adaptation, but for clean energy, which is what I focus on, of course, I want to just let you know what some of the goals are. The five essential goals that we have are to green the electricity supply to Montgomery County residents and businesses. So the solar co-op is helping with that but also you know, making sure that residents have the ability. In, in Maryland, we are lucky enough to be a deregulated state, which means that residents can choose where their electricity is coming from. So we have multiple energy suppliers. And so you can actually purchase your energy from wind energy and solar panels. So if you're not able to have solar panels on your roof, we also have programs like community solar that residents can take advantage of. So that's our first goal. Our second goal is to expand the use of distributed renewable energy. And so that's as a county, countywide on our buildings right now. We have about 15 of our county buildings that have solar panels on them. In fact, one of our senior centers has a solar panel canopy in their parking lot, which is pretty fun. And then our goal three is to expand the use of renewable energy to power buildings. 
which I just talked about a little bit. And goal four is to encourage economic development related to renewable energy. And our fifth goal is to establish a dedicated secure funding source to support renewable energy programs and financial incentives. And I do have to say that that has been happening already in Montgomery County. We have something called the Montgomery County Green Bank. And so that Green Bank is available for folks to help finance clean energy projects and specifically solar panels. And so that's something that we've been doing. We have like last week, we just had an info session with the CEO of the Green Bank to talk about financing for those folks that are interested in the solar co-op. So we try to make sure residents have every single thing that they need to make it as easy as possible for them to switch to renewable energy. Thanks so much for sharing that. It's good to hear that too, because hopefully that might inspire some other places that are considering how they can cut their greenhouse gas emissions or reduce their contribution to climate change. So those are some great ideas. So thanks for sharing those. As I mentioned in the opener, you're currently working for Montgomery County, and you just did a great job mentioning where people can find out more about your greenhouse gas emissions reduction project. But if people also wanted to find out more about your work or how to contact you, do you have any other websites or places you'd like them to go? Of course I do. So we actually spent about a year and a half trying to put together essentially a clearinghouse of all energy questions that people could possibly have in the county. And so we have a web website called MontgomeryEnergyConnection.org, and it's just spelled out MontgomeryEnergyConnection.org. And that literally has every possible question that you could ask about energy. It should be answered there. And so we have information about renewable energy. We have information about how to pay your utility bills if your utility bills are high. We have information about how to read your utility bill. When it comes in the mail, we have information about tips to help you lower your utility costs. Everything is on that website. And of course, if you go to the contact us tab on the website, you get to me. My email is pretty easy. It's energy at montgomerycountymd.gov. That goes directly to me. So if you have any questions, we'll go to either of those two places. Wonderful. And I will go ahead and put links in the show notes to all of the places that you mentioned, including Solar United Neighbors, as well as your email. If other municipalities want to implement programs similar to those you are running in Montgomery County, what do you suggest for them to do? So for other municipalities, there are a few things that I would recommend. One, contact me for sure, because I am more than happy to send any and all information to you. I do not believe that we should be reinventing any wheels, and I am more than happy to share my information. The second thing I would recommend for municipalities is the other website that I didn't talk to you about yet, but it's called mygreenmontgomery.org, and that is about everything that we're doing at the Department of Environmental Protection, and it's also a website about our partners and what they're doing as well. So it's about like what we're trying to do as a county department and a municipality and then also what we're doing with our partners so in montgomery county we actually have three big municipalities that are within our county limits and so we are always working together with them to make sure that we're getting information out to residents so i would say if there's any way for you to create a website similar to that to my green montgomery that's always helpful and then the third recommendation i have for municipalities is to join usdn and it stands for urban sustainability 
directors network and municipalities can join and that's just a wonderful wonderful organization that lets you talk to people that are doing similar work to you again we're all doing this work and instead of us working in silos and thinking that we have to create new things it's really important to see what other people are doing in other parts of the country and so the urban sustainability directors network is amazing for that you can literally ask a question to this group of sustainability directors and they'll come back and they'll even give you like pdfs and they'll give you images and they'll give you ideas it's awesome so those are the three things i recommend doing one contact me two check out mygreenmontgomery.org and three join the urban sustainability directors network wonderful those are fabulous suggestions and i am a huge fan of not reinventing the wheel i think like time is short we have a lot to do so by joining forces we can definitely make a bigger impact more quickly so i'm so glad that you're promoting that as well and making yourself available to help make that happen that's so great oh yeah none of this work could be done with one person and the more people that are working together collectively the more we're able to do especially with limited time limited resources the only way we're going to get there is if we work together absolutely thanks larissa yeah. so before we end our talk i have a few wrap-up questions and no problem if you can't think of anything but that usually isn't a problem i know we've been talking about environmentally friendly living and reducing energy use so do you have one particular tip that you would like to share with everybody of course does it have to be renewable energy related any environmentally friendly <laughs> okay. living tip awesome okay all. Yeah. And people are always get upset about this one. This would be my favorite one is to take a five minute shower. And I know everyone's always like, what? No way. That's the time I take to get away from my husband or my children or it's the time I think. And really like for me, especially now that I own a home, I have to pay for the water and I also have to pay to heat the water. So I have a shower timer in my shower that I absolutely love. It's one of the things that I give out when I do in-person events with residents. And it's just a fun little kitschy kind of thing but it really it's like a game for me now whenever I take a shower it's five minutes and I'm out and if you don't have a shower timer please don't feel like you have to buy one but bring a radio with you into the shower or bring something some music so just take a shower and have it just last you two songs worth and then that will sometimes equate to about five minutes but yeah and I usually get the most pushback from residents and from folks that are like five minutes you can't do anything in five minutes but you can do a lot and I really, really think that that would help, especially because it's that nexus between energy and water. And so we want to make sure that we are protecting our clean water and also not wasting resources when we don't need to. Thanks. That's definitely one that I personally struggle with. And I recently heard the <laughs> suggestion about the songs. And so I think that's a really great tip. Yeah, if you don't have the shower timer. And yeah. One thing that we did install at our house, which has been really helpful, is when we got a new water supply for our shower, I had to ask special, and apparently there's only really one that is easy to get, but my plumber was able to get it, and I'm able to set the water temperature with one dial, and I'm able to turn the water on and off with another handle, so that when I'm like washing my hair or something, I just turn the water completely off, but since it's saved the temperature, when I go to turn it back on, I have the temperature saved and I don't need to like get shot with cold water so it actually makes it super easy for me to turn the water off and then turn it back on so that's been really helpful because yeah I do struggle with the five minutes for sure 
Yeah, and that reminds me. So in Montgomery County and in Maryland, we have a program that actually helps people install high-efficiency shower heads. And then another product that you can buy on your own, it's by Evolve Technologies. It's called a Shower Start Thermostatic Valve. And so it does almost exactly what you're talking about. It's just this little thing that you screw on in between your shower head and the place of, you know, the actual faucet or whatever. And so you put it on and there's this little thing that you pull. And so it's meant specifically for what you just said. So if you are want to turn off the water while you're soaping up your hair, shampooing your hair, you just pull this little lever and it turns the water off and then you pull it again and it comes back on full force at the same temperature that you just had it. Yeah, it's a total game changer yeah. having that ability. Yeah, it's so great. So cool. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So finally, our last and completely unrelated question. Do you have a favorite <laughs> board game or one you find yourself playing often? Oh my words. <laughs> Do I? Uh, my husband is completely obsessed with Pandemic, but we have not actually played it since this whole thing happened. Where we, you would think we have more time to play games, and of course we do, but it was just becoming too depressing to play Pandemic. I don't know if you've heard of this game. It's awesome, but it's too spot on right now. So we haven't played it, but essentially it's a board game where you're trying to stop the spread of different pandemics around the country. And so people pick a role like the scientist or the immunologist or whatever it is and then you have to work together so it's a collective game so it's not you versus one person it's you all versus the game which is really fun but like I said in today's climate it's just not as fun as it was a few months ago I'll tell you but it is a good game. Yes, I've heard of that one. Kirsten Madura was a guest on our show back when it first started, and she said she was looking forward to learning to play that. And that was kind of, yeah, before all of this happened. And I w it's definitely been on my list to play, but it hasn't come up recently for me. Yeah, it's an awesome game. If you, It really is because it's a cooperative game, which I absolutely love because I'm super competitive and it's not a good thing how competitive I am. Like I cannot play Monopoly. I'm not allowed to. And so this is fun because it's cooperative and not competitive. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Larissa. I had a great time talking with you and thanks so much for sharing all of this information. And I'm grateful for you taking your time to be here. No problem. Thank you. And please, everyone that's listening, please check out our website and and of course, contact me if you have any, any questions. I am here as a resource and I want to help spread this information as far and wide as we possibly can. Thank you for listening to the Sustainability Made Easier interviews podcast and for spreading the word about sustainability made easier with your family and friends. We have more info on our website at sustainabilitymadeeasier.com. Engage in the sustainability conversation by joining the Sustainability Made Easier community on Facebook. Have you mastered the five-minute shower? How do you make sure you are in and out quickly? Does your county or municipality have a plan to work with residents to reduce their negative impact on the environment? What are the major components of that plan? If your municipality does not, how can you motivate them to make one? Let us know! If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to give it a positive rating on your favorite app. It means so much! If you would like to apply to be a guest or sponsor for the SME Interviews podcast, please follow the Sustainability Made Easier website link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at Easy Sustainable and at smepodcasts at gmail.com, smepodcasts at gmail.com. Be sure to mention which podcast you are writing about on the subject line. 
You can also find us on Instagram at sustainability made easier. Until next time!